Welcome to the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with Senior Pastor Matt Homeyer. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good to be with you today. Glad you are here worshiping with us today at Trinity Baptist Church at TriPoint. Let me pray for us as we get moving today. God, we thank you for a little bit of time and space to pause busy weeks and busy lives with all sorts of responsibilities and all sorts of Uh, pressures on us, any number of praises happening, any number of burdens, to pause all of that, to give it to you, to hear a word from you today, God, that would help us in our week, that would help us draw closer to you, help, help us to live more faithfully for you today. God, provide to us the word that we need to hear. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, we're starting a new series today uh, called The Way of the Redeemed. We've got our lovely graphic up there today. Isn't that pretty? Um, where we're kind of following last our, our previous sermon series, which was called Cultivating Soil, where we talked about some practices in our life that, that cultivate our hearts, that cultivate our souls to receive what God has to give us and produce a good crop, to produce a good yield. And so we're, we're continuing that on today to talk about as we approach Easter, Easter's about five Sundays away or somewhere in there, five or six. We're about 10 days into the 40-day Lenten, Lenten journey, which if you're not familiar with that, it's this journey Christians go on for 40 days in our Christian calendar to prepare our hearts to receive this gift of death and resurrection, to receive the good news of Easter. It's so good. We don't just want to rush into it. We want to do some work in our own souls, our own hearts to prepare ourselves for this. And that's what we're going to be doing in worship the next few weeks, talking about the way of the redeemed. How is our life, what are some ways our life should look based on who God is? How are we supposed to live? A few ways, there's a bunch of them. We're going to take about three of them that that, that reflect the character of God in our lives and, and then reflect that out into the world. And we're going to do that by comparing some ways of God with some ways we get God wrong, some ways the world or, or even ourselves misunderstand God or, or read scripture wrongly, and we get kind of twisted ideas of who, who God is. But then there's this real idea. And so that's where we're going the next few weeks. And today's our, our what we're going to talk about is, uh, <laughs> I'm having trouble getting my words here, and I get out of my uh, notes, forgiveness over condemnation. We're going to talk about how God is a forgiving God, not a condemning God. You know, there's many wrong impressions of God that can seep their way into our minds and our hearts and our souls, that they go outward even to kind of the world at large and culture at large of who people think God is, who we sometimes think God is. Uh, There are many wrong impressions. One of these that seeped its way into culture and often into our hearts is that God loves to tell us what not to do, 
And then when we mess up, that he loves to heap a little punishment on us. Or that, that God draws lines in the sand and says, play here and not there, and then enjoys making us pay when we cross those lines that he's drawn. In short, that God is a God of condemnation. That God is a God who sits away from us and, and enjoys or sets up the world in such a way that we are made to pay for when we don't measure up to his plans for us or his hope for us. And it's just not true. And this is what we're going to talk about this morning. Our text today is Romans 8.1, which we'll come back to a little bit later. But it says very clearly and unequivocally that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. There are some verses that you kind of got to dig into to understand, or it's a story that may be hard to understand. This is one of those that's so clear, wonderfully clear that Paul gives us. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Yet... We all have trouble sometimes believing that we don't need to pay a little bit for the things that are not right in our lives. We also have trouble believing others shouldn't pay <laughs> maybe a little more than we think they've paid for what they've done wrong or how they have hurt us maybe in our lives. We struggle to accept the forgiveness God offers us. I knew a young woman several years ago, quite a few years ago, that, that faced an unplanned pregnancy, and we, we were close friends, and she faced an unplanned pregnancy very early in her life. And it just threw her world upside down and turned it inside out. She had to, to face the disappointment by her family and some friends, but also received love from them and support. I mean, it wasn't her plan with her boyfriend, but they ended up you know, getting married and, and raising this child together. But she couldn't, she, she went on to, to raise this beautiful kid um, and raise them in, in church, raise this kid in church and, and uh, serve the church, serve God as best she was able to do. She made a life for herself. And from, from the rest of us around her, we could look at her life and see blessing all over the place that maybe not have started exactly how she would want to have started her life as an adult, as a parent. But God had, had blessed that in so many ways, but she had had so much trouble accepting that forgiveness that she really couldn't see these blessings all around them. It stole that from her. What she really believed when we talked about it is that there had been a plan for her life, plan A that God had. And going back to that one mistake, that ruined plan A forever. And she could never get life back on plan A. The rest of her life was a plan B, C, D, E because of that one mistake that she had made. And she was on a new path, a subpar path forever. And, and it brought guilt and it brought shame and it brought frustration and it stole her joy for what God was doing in her life in this season that she was in. And all of it because she couldn't just trust in God's forgiveness that God had given her completely. You know, I, some of you are around my age, give or take five or 10 years. Some of you are outside of that. But if you're anywhere near my age or you've played or you had kids my age or you throwback video gamer, you remember the 8-bit video games like Pac-Man, like Galaga, Paperboy, Mario, uh, Mar the original Mario Brothers. And they were wonderful games, right? We love these things. I, you know, you might have gotten this for your kids or something or gone to a friend's house and played Nintendo and it was really awesome. But you could beat these games. You could win these games, 
unlike some games today, you feel like you'd never win. But you could win this game, but there was only one way to do it. You had to have the Pac-Man pattern, you know, memorized. And if you got off the pattern, you were done. There was no coming back from it. You had to, you know, complete the Mario levels in a very certain rhythm and order. And if you got out of order, then you might as well just press reset. And if you did gaming during that time, you knew it. Like, if you didn't get 100% on Galaga level three, just start over. It was done. You weren't going to do any more. And sometimes we think life is that way. We wish life could be that way. That we could just, we get something screwed up and we just wish there was a reset that we could rewind and start this all over and learn from our experience and do it a different way. But that's just not the way life works. Paul talks about this how we wish life could be different than it is in Romans 7 and 8. Romans 8, 1 is our, our passage, but it's really like the hinge between chapters 7 and 8. It's the key verse kind of on which the things Paul talking about uh, hinges and swings here. And, and he's going to say there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The verse I want to sink into our hearts and our souls and our minds today. But he, he starts the before that saying, but, but there is a way of death. There is condemnation out there in another way of living. And he uses this Greek word sarx, which just means flesh. If we were doing it today, we'd probably talk about maybe the God of self or something else a little bit different. But he said that there is a way that leads to death and it's selfish living. It's living in our flesh, living for our own desires, living for a way to, to get ours, to you know, assert our rights, do what makes us feel good. We can say this a whole lot of different ways. But the living that really just only is about us and about making us more. And he, Paul says in chapter seven, you know, there's a little bit of this in all of us and, and, and it, it's the way of death. And Paul says, it's even in me. He said, I, I, at times I know what I want to do and I, I can't do it. In other words, I know I want to be better. I know I want to follow Jesus and the way of Jesus, but I can't do it for some reason. And at other times I know what I don't want to do. I know it's not the good decision and yet I can't help doing it anyway. And he's making this point that, y'all, if, if being saved is up to us, we're doomed. <laughs> None of us are disciplined enough. None of us are kind enough. None of us are generous enough. There's all of these times where we do what we don't want to do and we don't do what we want to do. I mean, that re should resonate with everybody in this room at some point, if we're being honest with ourselves. And he gets to the end and he says, end of chapter seven, and says, I'm just, I'm a slave to sin. I just can't shake it. But thanks be to God, he has delivered me through Jesus Christ. And it immediately rolls into, into chapter eight. And he says, thanks be to God, I am redeemed through Jesus Christ, then delivered through Jesus Christ. Therefore, er, but, or and, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And eight is about this other way of life, this way of life, not just living for us, not just living for our own pleasure, not just living for our own benefit, this way of living in the spirit. And he says, in the spirit of God, the way of living for Jesus, for our sermon series, the way of the redeemed. He said, there's freedom there. And that freedom is forgiveness. That freedom is being forgiven of anything we do wrong, forgiven of the state of, of, of sin in our life, the experience, forgiveness and not condemnation, friends. 
is the way of Jesus and the way of the redeemed. Forgiveness is that great reset we're looking for. When things get out of whack, sometimes a little, sometimes a lot. Sometimes maybe it's one thing in one season. Sometimes maybe it's a whole season of life that gets way out of whack and we know forgiveness is needed. It's the great reset. It doesn't eliminate the consequences of some of the things that we've done. It doesn't eliminate some of the things, but it, in the eyes of God, in the eyes of, of eternity, what we are offered in that is forgiveness. And, and like in Mario Brothers, right, when you started over, you had to go back to square one and live all of it again. You had to start over all the way. And then sometimes you had to blow in it to get it ready. Remember that? That was always fun. I don't know why that worked, but it did. When we repent of our sin or the way we're going. It's just a fancy word that means we're going down one road, one path. Maybe it's, again, maybe it's one decision. Maybe it's a whole season of decisions. And we know we need, it's just a word that means to turn. Greek word metanoia just means to turn and take another path. And the beauty of forgiveness in Christ, if I can watch from stepping off this, is that we're going one way, and when we repent, when we know I need to get right with Jesus, Jesus, I'm sorry for this path I'm on. I want to come to you. We don't have to backtrack and change everything and go to this like first step to start then following Jesus. No, Jesus comes to us in that. And he meets us right where we are, and he designs a path not to him, but with him forward right where we are. Isn't that an amazing thing that there's not like a holding pen where you got to go start over and get there? No, wherever we turn to Jesus, and the fact is in our life, we're going to turn to Jesus and then we're going to get a little off and we're going to turn to Jesus again. And it's like being guided by the North Star, true North. We may turn and veer here and there, but over time, hopefully we're always working our way to Jesus. That is what forgiveness is. It's wiping the slate clean with God so that we can be in relationship with God and keep moving forward with him and with him together as a community. Jesus is a God not of condemnation, but of forgiveness. Sometimes there's some rules we have to follow and things we do to follow him, but he doesn't use that to banish us, but makes a way for us to join him no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing. This, this uh, word of forgiveness, this theme of forgiveness just saturates all of scripture. It's there throughout the whole thing over and over and over again. Be kind in Ephesians 4:32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Matthew 6:14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Colossians 3:13. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Matthew 18, 20 through 22. If you do not forgive other sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Last one, I promise. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I could go on. This is there throughout the gospels, throughout the letters, up until the very end that God wants to forgive us. And this corollary to it we are called to forgive others as well. 
In fact, a couple points, Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, a couple points, it says it, that God will forgive you as you forgive others. That our forgiveness is almost contingent on living this out, forgiving others where they have harmed us, even as we receive forgiveness from God. You know, every so often, electricity will go off at the house or at work or wherever you are. And I, you know, I don't understand how it works, but there's not a storm, and you know there's something that happened that's caused the electrical circuit not to flow anymore. And so you got to go and find the panel, the, the circuit breaker panel, and flip that breaker. And something about flipping that breaker, again, don't ask me to explain it. It's just an illustration here. Electricians among us can do this more. It, it resets it, and the, the electricity flows again, and there's restoration of what was broken. And forgiveness is the circuit breaker for our relationships, for our marriages, for relationships with our children and our families and our friends and our people we work with and going out and out and out. We will anger each other. We will hurt one another from time to time. We will act in ways that are not holy with one another. And if we don't have forgiveness, we're doomed. I mean, what recourse do we have in our relationships without forgiveness? We've got, I mean, we've got two options. We can ignore hurt that's done to us, offense that is giving to us, trauma that we, we can ignore it and just hope it goes away. It doesn't. Or we can repay it, right? I mean, we can seek vengeance. We can, those that hurt us, we're going to come back and hurt them. Those that insult us, we're going to give as good or better than we got. And that road only leads to more and more brokenness. It leads us to being further and further apart. And we can look at our lives at times when we went down that road and it didn't go well. It never goes well. Brokenness heaped on brokenness. But if we can say we're sorry, it's deeper than that. If we can repent of what we've done wrong, if we can ask someone's forgiveness or offer forgiveness to someone who has hurt us, it's a circuit breaker that reestablish can reestablish the connection that has been frayed. It can bring us back together. Even as we're going different ways, it can orient all of us toward Christ that we might move toward Christ together where otherwise there's only division and division and division. And then we have this hard, hard lesson that we are called to give this as we have been forgiven. It's hard to accept God's forgiveness sometimes. It's really hard to accept and really live like we're forgiven. Some of us have done some stuff we're not proud of, and it's hard just to move on from that. And we, sometimes we need counseling. Sometimes we need prayer. Sometimes we need a time to do that. But we can move on. It's also really hard to offer forgiveness when we've been deeply wounded and hurt. And yet, the Bible doesn't say anything about forgiving those only when they deserve it or forgiving those who have you know, shown proper remorse and offered us a nice apology. It just says to forgive as God has forgiven us. And that's difficult. Y'all, forgiveness is not for the light of heart. <laughs> Forgiveness isn't for the weak. 
Forgiveness isn't for those who are not committed to this way of Jesus because it is really hard. And it sometimes takes a long time to get to this place. In forgiveness, what we're doing is we're, we're not ignoring it, right? We're not just saying this didn't happen or I'm just not going to pay attention to it. We're also not saying we're going to get even or we're going to up the ante on this. We're not seeking vengeance for what was done or even eye for an eye for what was done. What we're saying is, God, this happened, And it may have been awful, it may have been minor, but there's some offense, and what I'm choosing is I will not get even, and I can at least say I don't want them to experience evil in their life for what has been done. We don't even have to love them yet. (laughs) I think the call is always to move toward love. Sometimes we can't say we love people for what has been done. We just can't. But what we can move toward is to say, I don't want evil for them. I don't want destruction from them. I don't even want them to experience what I went through. God, I'm leaving that to you, the justice part of it, and and I don't want ill. I forgive them for that. I'm going to not let them off the hook. I'm going to choose not to punish them for what they have done to me, that you may have a right otherwise to punish them. That's what forgiveness is. It's not letting off the hook. It's saying, I choose not to get even. I choose for you not to experience what I experienced as awful as it may have been. And it is difficult. There's a few things worth mentioning here as we're talking about forgiveness. Forgiveness doesn't mean we're a doormat for people. You know, your doormat in front of your, you know, everybody walks on it, dusts off their feet, stomps the mud off on it. That's not what God wants for you, and that's not what your experience hopefully is or should be in life. God doesn't call us to be a doormat that others can walk over. It it means you can speak up for yourself when something happens to you. It means you have a voice in your life and in this world to speak and advocate for yourself and hopefully for others in your life. You can expect to be treated justly and kindly by others. You don't have to be taken advantage of in order to forgive. We're trusting God for justice. That's what we're doing, but we're still seeking justice. Forgiveness also means you don't have to endure trauma or abuse. If you are in a relationship or have, have been in a relationship where, where trauma and abuse has happened, you can forgive and still get out of that relationship. You should, can forgive and should get out of that relationship. That's complicated. It's hard. There's a lot of moving factors to that. But God is not calling you to sit there and be in a relationship that's destructive, whatever type of relationship that is. You can forgive, choose to maybe not get even, but also be safe. And also care for yourself and forgive all at the same time. Forgiveness doesn't mean we sit back and don't seek justice in the world either. We are still active agents of God's justice in the world. We want to see the kingdom of God come. We want to help bring good solutions to problems in the world and love people well. We don't just forgive and then sit back and say, all right, I'm done. I forgive. I don't have to work for anything else. No, we're still active agents of justice in the world even as we forgive. And finally, forgiveness doesn't mean a broken relationship will be exactly as it was before. There are some hurts that are so deep, we can forgive, that doesn't mean we're going to be best friends anymore. (laughs) 
That doesn't mean we're going to be married anymore. It doesn't mean the relationship will be just like it was before. We can forgive and accept a different relationship, and that's still genuine forgiveness, hopefully moving towards love in time. Friends, forgiveness is hard work. Hard work requires unbelievable trust in God to do what God will do beyond what we are able to do in our hearts and in the hearts of others as well. But it's the main tool we have along with grace and love, which we'll talk about next week and the week after, to heal the hurts of our world. This is the tool God gives us to keep us together as families, to keep us together as friends, to keep us together as a church. To be together requires regular practice of forgiveness and not letting these hurts among us fester and grow and divide. It is the way of God and the way of the redeemed. It's a posture to receive from God that there is nothing I have done that God has not forgiven and doesn't want me to live in that forgiveness, to live as one who has been forgiven. It's also a posture of the world that we offer to the world. I mean, y'all, how many people in your lives day to day are struggling with feeling like they're condemned or feeling like they are shameful or feeling like they are broken and they need a word to know there's a God who loves them, a God who forgives them, a God who wants to come to them and embrace them and put them on a new path. We go into the world offering the forgiveness of God to anyone who would receive it. This is who God's people are called to be. But how many people in our world who are, who are anti-church or, or anti-God or have problems with God, they haven't experienced that from God's people. They've experienced condemnation or, or judgment or something else. No, we're called to be people of forgiveness and grace and mercy and love. This is what we put out into the world in the name of Jesus. Friends, our call is to forgive because God forgave us. God is a God of forgiveness, not condemnation. As a conclusion, I do wonder where forgiveness has been experienced in your life. If you need some homework to take home with you, where have you been forgiven and how has it mattered for you? Where is there brokenness in your life? Maybe you need to ask forgiveness of God. Maybe there's relationships where you need to seek forgiveness in your life. There's brokenness there that's like that, you know, that sore in your mouth that hurts and bothers you, but you just can't stop touching it. Nonetheless, you know, it's just there all the time, uh, an irritant that won't let you be whole, and forgiveness needs to happen there. I'm always happy to visit about this. Our staff is here to visit about this throughout the week to help you and process this. Other deacons and leaders are. This is my challenge to all of us, that we will be agents of forgiveness in the world and not agents of condemnation, that we will represent a God as we go out into the world that loves others so deeply and wants them to be known by him. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for how much you love us, 
that you don't leave us to ourselves in ways that lead to destruction and death, but you draw us to yourself and you offer tools and ways and means through which we can be cleansed of the sin in our life and, and be in relationship with you. And you give us your spirit that guides us in so many good things. And you call us to do the same, to, to spread that out into the world, even as you have given it to us. It's a high challenge. We don't take lightly, God, some of the deep, lasting, awful ways we have been hurt and that we may have hurt others. Yet we don't want to be captive of those things either. We don't want to be slaves to those hurts in our lives forever. It may take time, God, it begins with attempting to forgive, to be open to forgiveness, to receive it and to give it. That is the way to wholeness. It is the way to you, the only way. In your name we pray, amen. segment of the Trinity Baptist Church podcast with senior pastor Matt Homeyer. Join us next week for another segment. For more information about our church and to keep up to date with the latest resources, visit our website at trinitybaptist.org.